Welcome or welcome back to another episode of Way Too Wifey. I'm your host, Respectfully Gabby, and in this podcast, we talk all about dating and relationships in this modern day. We have a very special guest today. She is a therapist. Jackie, welcome to Way Too Wifey. Thank you so much for having me. I feel that when you sent me the invite, Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about mental health, talk about relationships, and, you know, hopefully share something that may resonate with someone out there. Oh, I'm sure it will. (laughs) (laughs) So I usually like to start off with an icebreaker. So what are your thoughts on sharing location with your significant other? I'm I'm okay with it. Okay. Yeah, I, I am a person that... I'm okay with sharing my location, especially with safety nowadays. Yeah, for sure. And me and my partner shared locations and continue to share locations right now. And it just brings safety to me. You know, I think it's it's just something that we both agreed on. And yeah. if both people or any person that is in the relationship consent to it, why not? Yeah. Yeah. So I think... I mean, on both sides of the thing, like I could totally see that side of it for sure. And the safety and like, I know my mom uses it to see like whenever her husband's going to come home um, to like prep for dinner and stuff. But like, I know that if I were to have had that in like my past relationships of being like very insecure in those relationships, I think that I would have been like checking their location constantly, but I think it really just depends on the intentions behind it. But do you think that that insecurity is something that you can work in, work on inside of the relationship? Or do you think that you have to heal that part of you beforehand? I'm a strong believer that we can heal in relationships. And Mm -hmm. this is not just with romantic relationships. It could be with platonic relationships. It could be with Um, friendships, it could be with parental familial relationships. However, there needs to be awareness of these triggers and behaviors and anxieties that may Mm -hmm. come across. I can speak from my own experience, me and my partner, uh, when we met each other, obviously, like we, we, um, we spoke about relationship needs and relationship history and things like that. Mm -hmm. And as the, the relationship gradually uh, progressed, it was something that we talked about, like sharing locations, and mm-hmm. we both gave consent to it. Obviously, yeah. at some point, like, let's be real. Um, at the beginning of the relationship, I was very insecure because of just the relationship trauma that I have experienced in yeah. family relationships and in other past relationships. So guess what I did? I got myself to, I went into therapy again. And um, I really digged deep into why I was so anxious and insecure at the beginning of the relationship. And it wasn't until I had to build a relationship with myself. As honest, it wasn't until I digged deep and I cried and I went through like this emotional roller coaster while being in a relationship and still dealing with my stuff mm-hmm. that now I'm in a better place of building safety within me, whether I'm in a relationship or not in a relationship. Yeah. That's a journey, Gabby. That is, yeah. a, I'm, tw- I'm 29 years old, about to be 30. And I'm just learning this now. 
Yeah, same. <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's tough. Personally, I don't think that you need to be fully healed to be in a relationship. But I think what I've noticed is every time my un and not that I'm fully healed by any means, but anytime my unhealed version of myself attract certain people, I feel like it was also just very toxic people as well. So at what point do you think you can say like, okay, I can put myself out there into date dating people or um, or when should I just take a step back and work on myself? That's a great question. And that <clears throat> that answer can be different for everyone because we know our ourselves the best, right? Mm-hmm. And it's okay for you to take a pause and look inward and explore whether you feel capable, whether you have the emotional bandwidth to go on a date and yeah. meet someone. And not to say like, I'm so grateful for all of my past relationships, whether they have been friendships or romantic relationships. Yeah. I have learned so much from them about myself, about my triggers, about my behaviors, about my reactive patterns, about my cycles. You can't do the work unless you're in relationships because relationships are going to trigger you. They're going to tell you the unresolved trauma that may still need some work. So this whole concept of like being fully healed, what is that? What does that even look like to, for someone, right? Because we can be a work in progress. We're constantly evolving and moving forward. So big question mark right there, right? So Mm -hmm. just, having awareness, being mindful of how your responses or reactions make someone else feel. And again, both people really have to consent, or if it's more than, you know, two people in one relationship, everyone has to consent and do the work while whether it is being in a relationship or not being in a relationship. Right. I think that having a partner that's supportive and like willing to do the work with you too is is huge. I remember I was talking to someone a while ago and he was like, don't you think that you maybe you need to heal a little bit more before like we get into anything? And I was like, no. <laughs> like what? <laughs> um, but <clears throat> I've noticed in the past I have like definitely self-sabotaged a lot of relationships and I wanted to get into that a little bit. Why do you think people self-sabotage relationships like where does that stem from that may probably stem from our own attachments that we have with our parents yeah (laughs) and um, it, it really goes circle back home and you know one of the beautiful things about finding a therapist that you can relate to and you feel safe with doing the work is this right here like learning where the hurt is rooted from yeah. What is it that happened in your childhood that now as an adult is coming up for you, right? So I can speak for myself and I'll use my my example. I went into uh, pursuing the therapy world as a therapist, as a Latina therapist because of my own experiences. And I really wanted to understand my family mm-hmm. and I really wanted to break those cycles that I saw from early on that I knew this wasn't normal. And for the longest time, even as I transitioned from like 
my bachelor's to my master's to starting practicum to, you know, starting my career, it was a mess because not only, you know, are we working on our own self, but we're also there for other people. So even though I may have the evidence-based practice and the degrees that didn't take away from actually me having an insecure attachment. Mm -hmm. So while I was getting my education, I have had an insecure attachment. And that was whether I was anxiously attached or dance between anxious and avoidant attached. And and this is based, yeah, and (laughs) this is based off fear, based off relationship trauma that because we may have grown up in environments where parents didn't meet our needs as children, guess what? We become adults and we're still babies. We are still children asking like, hey, see me, hey, hug me, hey, love me the way that I need to be loved. Yeah, it's tough. Girl, it's tough. (laughs) It's rough out here. (laughs) How can our parents, in which ways, I guess, can they cause our insecure attachments if this could be you know many various um various environmental stressors in the home mm-hmm. for example let's say that one of your parents went to prison or jail and so now you had to grow up with a single mom who was still trying to figure out her own mental health Of course, because there is that environmental stressor that is occurring in the home, the kids may feel something, some sort of abandonment, some Mm -hmm. sort of fear. Is my parent coming back home? Also, it can stem from various moves. Let's say you moved five, six times when you were a child. And that constant adjustment that you have to do over and over and feeling a lack of safety, then as an adult, you feel the need of always having a safe space. And anytime there is an adjustment or a change, it dysregulates you. Yeah. So So true. Also, it can be from, you know, a parent navigating their own mental illness, substance use, not being able to meet the child's needs. It could also be growing up in families where the oldest daughter or, or the oldest son is being parentified, right? Mm-hmm. So also childbirth and poverty and all of these factors that can play a role in a child's life. As someone coming to you as a client, where would you start? Would you start at the very beginning or like, how do you identify the very root cause? Cause I feel like that's how you get to the healing process. Um, but where do you start in the getting to the root? The first session typically looks like the biopsychosocial assessment, which is an intake. Mm-hmm. And it's an interview where uh, I explore um, presenting problem, what's happening in their life, what type of environmental stressors do they have? Mm -hmm. Uh, We talk about family history, relationship history. We talk about friendships. We talk about moves. So in that first session, it really captures what really happened in the client's lives. Then the first individual session, the the framework that I like to go into is attachment styles and psychoeducating what is secure, what is anxious, what is avoidant, and what is fearful. Because Mm -hmm. believe it or not, 
that can give us a baseline of where we're at. And that usually sparks the conversation of, well, Jackie, you know why now that we that we are talking about anxiously attached? Yeah, my parents were very inconsistent with their parenting. They had to be at work. Maybe they migrated from somewhere else and they came to the US and they were working two jobs and they were in survival mode. And so mm-hmm. it starts unpacking by implementing the psychoeducation on attachment theory. And, and then it just turns into a conversation. Okay. Yeah. So I, I know um, I've, I've read the book attached. Um, so I kind of know a little bit about like the attachment styles. I've never heard of the fearful as- attachment style. Is that an actual attachment style? Fearful attached. Uh, fearful attachment is a combination of anxious and avoidant. Okay. So, yeah. So it's, it, it touches base on feeling the, you know, maybe sometimes they can struggle with codependency. Mm-hmm. They can struggle with who they are as a person, prioritize other people's needs and the avoidant attachment, which is the push-pull, the fear of intimacy, right? The um, the lack of connection and sometimes being preoccupied with relationships and sometimes being confused with love. While the fearful attachment is seen very rarely because most people will go into either like anxious or avoidant and they dance between those two sometimes yeah uh, remember that this is a a theory and evidence-based practice that can help us understand where we're at to understand us uh, understand why these patterns are showing up and to walk towards being more secure Okay. If they're in an insecure attachment style, you think that people can get into a secure? Absolutely. Absolutely. And also something that I've learned is that it really depends on the type of relationship that you have with people. Every person that comes into your life, that attachment can be different, right? So Mm -hmm. let's say that um, with my dad, for the longest time, I had a very anxious attachment with him. With my mom, I had more of a secure attachment that danced between secure and anxious. So it just really depends the way that you feel in the relationship with that person. Okay. Relating that to romantic relationships, if there's someone that you have an anxious attachment style. Do you think that someone can overcome that attachment style with that specific person? Or is that just not your person? It can get complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it can definitely get complicated. And what I've also learned and what I've also attracted in the past, I can be very anxious attached and I can attract someone who is avoidant attached. And that interaction is so common, more mm-hmm. common than you think. And this dynamic can really be very chaotic. It can disturb your peace. It It can get you off balance. And without the awareness that these cycles are happening, it's just not going to go anywhere. So this is why it's recommended. If it's a new relationship, go seek a therapist because we all have shit to work on. Not going to lie. Yeah. Like no matter in what profession you're in, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your age is, there's 
something that, you know, needs improvement or that can need exploration or Mm -hmm. insight or, you know, breaking those cycles and seeing that dynamic can be very toxic. The anxious, (laughs) yeah, the push, pull, push, pull, cat and mouse, cat and mouse. Yeah. I think I've noticed for me anyway, I think that, okay, I'm healed and I feel good and I'm not talking to anyone at the time and I just feel great. Okay. I'm ready to put myself out there. And then as soon as I do, and I I catch feelings for someone, I kind of notice these emotions start to come up stories in my head of like, oh, what if they're out doing this? And we're just, we're not even in a relationship. I'm just talking to these people. Do you think that those feelings kind of ever go away or is it something that you constantly have to like work on and work through? Safety and connection Mm -hmm. are two important factors Mm -hmm. that need to be present in a relationship. Yeah. If you don't feel safe, then you're probably going to be hella anxious. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't feel connected to that person, you're going to be overthinking. Do they want me? Right. So safety and connection, it's a must in order for you to have to work towards having a healthy relationship. Of course, we're not always going to feel connected and there's ebbs and flows in relationships. But this is why communication also plays a huge role, right? Where Mm -hmm. there is open dialogue, where there is, hey, I feel disconnected. Hey, I feel like we haven't prioritized our relationship. What can we do about it? And Mm -hmm. both people or whoever, if it's more than two people in the relationship, that needs to flow in order for to in order to walk towards a secure relationship. Now, we're not always going to be in the same healing journeys as other people. So sometimes you may take pauses from people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to sprinkle hate, or we're going to sprinkle like F you, you know, you F to me. But no, it's like, we're all in different healing journeys. And if you're not for me right now, then that's okay. I need to take care of myself. And that's where building safety within yourself is important. Making sure that you are okay and that you're meeting your needs Mm -hmm. before waiting for someone else to meet your needs. That's tough. (laughs) I think one of the things that I've kind of started implementing is just like telling myself, like, is there really any evidence for me to worry? You know, is there any evidence? Have they been consistent or inconsistent? If they've been inconsistent, then that's a problem. And then just reminding myself that if it doesn't work out, it's okay. I think that people think way too far into the future. This is it. Like this needs to happen the way that I want it to happen. And it just doesn't always necessarily go the way that you want it to go. You sometimes have to let people go, Gabby. Yeah. That's one of the hardest things that someone can feel. Yeah. Like not knowing, is this the right decision? Is this Mm -hmm. the wrong decision? Is this the best decision for me? But, you know, they're human. We're human. And letting go is sometimes part of life. Yeah. Part of growth. You know, we, we sometimes outgrow situations. We sometimes outgrow people. We sometimes outgrow jobs. We sometimes outgrow therapists. Yeah. That's okay. Right. But if you deep inside, you feel like your nervous system continues to be activated with someone, your body is telling you something. Yeah. Your body will give you so many answers. 
exactly where you're at. Have you ever recognized any internal shifts within you? Like when you're with someone and you kind of start feeling like your body kind of starts feeling like you're rejecting that person. Actually, um, made an episode on this is like I literally physically feel sick to my stomach and will get sick around people that are not for me like my body has learned I'm like it's straightforward enough to know I was on a date with this he seemed really great but every time I would hang out afterwards I would feel sick so I'm just like I can't keep doing this I'm just gonna listen to my body this time if it comes back around whatever but no not right now and I totally hear you listen to your body your body knows best (laughs) body keeps the score period and also I encourage if anyone relates to this situation to explore why did my body feel this way what triggered me what didn't sit well with me when I was with this particular person because that is where we get the um, more evidence in where we're at Mm-hmm. Is it because my dad used to speak up, speak like that and he used to raise his voice, you know, and mm-hmm. when I'm in front of this person, he, they, maybe they start raising their voice and that scares me. That startles me. Yeah. So there's a lot that we can learn from people and spaces and that sometimes we, we don't really recognize because maybe we're fearful or we're like, panic and we're anxious and we much rather run away without even exploring Ooh, I mean that could be (laughs) I was a runner I was like I've been a runner I'm like this is the first time I don't know if it's just because I'm turning 30 that I am more comfortable being here being still Mm -hmm. and that felt so uncomfortable for me to do for such a long time. But I just wanted to wrap things up really quickly. I always ask people what their best at dating advice is, but I wanted to ask you what is the worst dating advice that you've heard or that you've been told? Hmm, that's a good that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good question. I don't think I've ever thought about that. What is the worst dating advice that you that I've ever heard yeah I just feel like there's so much like misinformation out there and sometimes I'll come across like a TikTok video or like someone talking about it have such a wrong idea about this I and this is from personal personal um, beliefs and values I I believe in providing a safe space in a relationship Mm -hmm. and I feel like sometimes some people can have this very one-sided approach mm-hmm. right of course um, we all have different relationship needs and those need to be discussed when you are with that person yeah but what if what if it doesn't look like that all the time right yeah. like what if our our ideas of relationship may change as you meet someone because maybe we can have this idea of a relationship that you know, I want X, Y, Z in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Are we really going to meet all of those categories? Are maybe they they're going to be really strong on empathy and compassion and giving, Mm -hmm. but maybe they may need, you know, some work on another different area because we're not perfect beings. So does that mean just because that person doesn't can't fully give you that now right 
are we going to cut them off? Right. So, you know, this is where communication plays a huge role and you identify what are your non-negotiables Yeah. and really, and really communicate because the chances of us meeting someone that meets full criteria, like boom, boom, check after check after check. Yeah. That may be unrealistic. Yeah, I agree. Because we're not perfect beings. <laughs> we're not perfect people. We we all have shit to work on. Uh, yeah. So and realistically, we all have our own issues too. So do you expect someone else to be as perfect as your list? Yeah, so. it's 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 about finding a partner who is ready to do the work with you. It's about finding a partner who is emotionally emotionally mature to be able to have conversations with you. Yeah, one-sided conversations mm -hmm. and to be aware of unresolved trauma that may stem from our childhood that comes up a lot especially if you grew up in a dysfunctional family or a chaotic environment so get um, your healing yeah. get your healing <laughs> get your healing do it for you do right it for you mm -hmm. okay so where can people find you They can find me on Instagram, Therapy Lux. They also can find me on TikTok, same at. There is a fake account currently going around with oh. double X. I know. <laughs> so it's just one X, one X. Um, and that's it. That's my username. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram and maybe possibly soon to be on YouTube. But I need to okay. definitely like. One step at a time. <laughs> one step at a time. Yeah. Love Thank that. You. But if you guys need therapy. Thank you, um, Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this episode and appreciate you. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you for having me. You're beautiful. Oh and, my God, thank you. <laughs> you know, I hope to maybe a year from today or six months from today um, to maybe discuss this again just to yes. see where we're at, right? Let's Because do it. Well, you guys, I will see you guys next Tuesday. Thanks so much for tuning in.